This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hey friend, it's time for another road trip. Are you ready? This episode, road trip to go see Alien. 40th anniversary on the big screen. Very excited. Here we go. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. (laughs) To boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. All right. Well, it's been a while since we've had a chance to, you know, go and see a movie and just chat together, uh, you and me. And so if you've never listened to this podcast before and you're wondering what is this episode, what is going on here, well, this episode is a road trip episode where I drive to the theater, drive back from the theater. Uh, typically, I drive to the theater with uh, Evan or Evan and a friend of Evan's or Evan and my family or Evan and a friend of Evan's and my family. Uh, but often, uh, like with Star Trek The Motion Picture, when I go and see a movie like that, I do not uh, have Evan or my family with me because no one's interested in seeing a movie like Star Trek The Motion Picture, and I am okay with that because uh, those special event movies are they tend to be more expensive. So... What that means right now is I'm headed by myself to go see Alien from 1979. This is, you know, kind of a follow-up to Star Trek The Motion Picture because, uh, you know, they're both uh, being released, a limited-time release in theaters on the big screen uh, for their 40th anniversary, both of them. Now, I do promise not to say the words big screen, uh, experience, uh, and and there's a couple other words that I really said a lot in uh, my review uh, and my my drive to and from uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture. I promise not to say that much. Now, the other thing is, you know, I, I maybe can use this time as I'm driving to the theater to, you know, reminisce about uh, Alien movies and the Alien franchise, but uh, there's also some movies I've seen in, in that time period uh, between the Star Trek Motion Picture and now. Uh, I went and saw Rambo, Last Blood, which I am assuming I've released the episode uh, at this time. Uh, That one, uh, that episode is uh, finished and will be released, I think, before this one. Uh, I've also seen Ad Astra, which I think I mentioned in that Rambo episode. Uh, And went and saw that with Evan. Uh, Evan gave it one star out of five, um, which made me think that maybe he didn't like it very much. 
And, and I'll say too, uh, I mean, it was solid, solid visuals, but not a, not the greatest movie in the world. I, I liked it. I liked things about it, but it's not a, not a perfect movie and probably not a movie I'll ever watch again. Uh, yeah. And then I also, uh, saw Joker, which I believe Joker needs to have its own episode somehow. I'm not sure how it's another one that, uh, I almost did a road trip like this for it, but I, I had a feeling going into it that it was going to deserve and merit a little more discussion than just my own uh, immediate response uh, alone in the car. And after seeing it, I, I, I believe that that's true. Um, that movie with its 70s slash uh, early 80s aesthetic uh, and then also that time period uh, and just the, the way it's referencing uh, Scorsese and uh, the way it's not a Batman movie, but it is the Batman movie we're getting for the 80th anniversary of the character Batman, uh, which that in itself is a little bit odd, but I do believe that uh, it deserves a little bit more conversation than just me. Um, but I will uh, just quickly for you say, hey, good, uh, well-shot movie, but I will not recommend it to uh, everyone for sure. Um, it just, there's, there's some stuff about it that were pretty disturbing, uh, not as violent as I thought it was going to be, but uh, disturbing in a different way than Rambo. Although both Rambo, Last Blood, and Joker, uh, both those movies are about psychopathic killers. And one is uh, kind of a character study about uh, what causes someone to sink down into that. And the other one is kind of a character study about someone who is down in that already and is uh, you know, fighting against his better nature to not be down there. Uh, and in one, uh, Rambo, he's fighting to not sink down into this quagmire of depraved, uh, depravity, uh, and, and ended up, he ends up getting pushed into it and then he does it well, you know, he's got a, that skill set. Uh, and then the other one, Joker is another one where he actually put him side by side. There's some interesting, uh, comparisons that could be made between those two characters and the way that it goes about uh, presenting their problems and their violence. Uh, yeah, but that is not today. That is a, another day, maybe. Um, maybe maybe won't be doing the comparison part, but uh, I think Joker can be talked about another day. No, the, today is, is Alien. Uh, the Alien franchise is a favorite sci-fi franchise of mine. If you watch or rather uh, listen to the podcast you would know uh, we've talked about it often and uh, I know that uh, I've had uh, J.S. Earls come on and talk with me I know that it's something that um, Steve McDonald has had an interest in talking about uh, Jace uh, talked about it when when he was on the show uh, but now um, you know it's, it's me driving alone to go see this thing on the big screen and I'm hoping that my experience uh, is something similar to what I had with Star Trek the motion picture where this is a movie that I've seen many times uh, not nearly as many as Star Trek the motion picture or the like the Star Trek franchise because it's uh, it's a nihilistic franchise and I yeah I it's easy to uh, you know just watch it for the thrill but you know, that's not really what the franchise is for. Uh, there's the thrill of the action, but then there's also this kind of, um, we're alone in the universe, and the universe is going to get us <laughs> kind of thing. And especially in this uh, first movie. And so, um, 
yeah, it's not like I want to revisit uh, that philosophy very often, but this movie is one of, if not, no, yeah, definitely one of the best sci-fi movies out there, and uh, I appreciate how well it's made, I appreciate the way it's made, and I'm hoping that I get to see more on the screen. I'm again, like with Star Trek, uh, the mo- the motion picture. I'm not sure which cut this is. There's a couple different cuts out there. There's a director's cut and a theatrical version. Um, I'm curious which one we're going to get here. Uh, really, the theatrical cut is really good, and the director's cut is good but different. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But uh, I'm just. I'm just curious which which cut it's going to be, um, and I'm I'm interested just like I said to see it on the big screen to see what did I miss because I, I mean I originally saw this movie uh, pan and scan on a VCR on a uh, black and white little 15 or 16 inch television, and there were things in this movie that when I finally saw it in color it was just like this revelation of what that was in this movie. I mean, there, there were things that happened on the screen that I didn't even know were going on. Actually, some of that was happening with the Star Trek motion picture too. And and then seeing it in color on a bigger screen, but then also seeing it finally uh, on a on DVD and in letterbox and and seeing like the full wide screen of, of what was uh, what was on the on the screen and, and so finally able to see you know, characters juxtaposed against something else is being focused on, um, on one side and the other. And, and of, of any movie, uh, that I've really experienced where I've said, oh man, the pan and scan just kind of, uh, ruined this movie a little bit for me. Uh, Alien is probably that. I mean, it, the strength of the movie made it work in spite of, uh, the, just the, the way that they, chopped up the visuals of this movie in order to make it fit on uh, a small format four uh, four three ratio uh, television and so uh, watching it here I'm uh, I'm excited to see it again and just you know in my experience of this movie just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and being able to see uh, some of the details and stuff I mean there were details like uh, the spaceship that they were actually arriving to the planet in that I didn't even know what it looked like uh, for for years. I, I had no idea what the ship was that they arrived to the planet in. And then they go in the drop ship and they go, you know, to the the alien ship, the uh, the alien engineer's ship. And, and uh, with that thing, uh, you know, you could see it, but uh, it was black and white. And it's kind of funny because you're watching it and they have an intentional uh, grainy screen image on the screen that because you're you're looking at it with the characters on this grainy screen image and then when they finally uh, are walking to this thing and I'm watching it and it's it's actually what the grainy screen image looks like is what I'm seeing on my screen because uh, I'm watching it on this little black and white tiny TV that uh, is usually on the counter in our kitchen but I uh, would take upstairs to my room so I could watch, you know, Saturday Night Live and, and late shows like that that my parents didn't know I was watching. Uh, and, and this was one of those where I would you know, hook the VCR up um, up there so that I could watch it without my parents knowing. And, you know, because it was an R-rated movie and I was not 18. I was still living in the house, you know. And, um, and But then I, you know, like I said, made the graduation to watch it in, in color. And 
yeah, so anyway, um, I'm curious. And the other thing that was fun with Star Trek The Motion Picture is, you know, just the thoughtfulness of, um, of that movie. And I'm, I'm curious if uh, some of the thematic stuff is going to, you know, come, come bigger and, and be writ more large because of watching it on the big screen. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. I'm at theater now and about get ready to walk in. And actually, I'm going to just shut down this conversation here with you. And uh, we'll, we'll continue this conversation after, after the movie. And, uh, yeah. So I'm going to probably in post-production play some sort of sounder right about now. Okay. Out of the theater and in the car and... Uh, yeah, there is a very, very, very good reason why some people consider this one of the finest science fiction movies of all time, and I am one of those people. Uh, there's a good reason. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is just a really, really well-constructed movie. What was interesting this time was to see, again, a little bit of the, uh... See a little bit of the the seams and and some of the uh, not so perfect things going on in this movie. There are a couple of jump cuts that really don't uh, work well. There's a couple uh, inserted dialogue uh, where it, the f- dialogue fully doesn't match the the lip syncing. Uh, it's just not great. Um, but the set design and the uh, the model work. And the music, and I mean, there's just so many things that make this movie one of those things that I, I just love this movie because of all the things I just talked about there. And as I was watching it this time, you know, I kind of jokingly talked about in the first part about how, you know, the alien movie is basically about how space is, is big and cold and it's out to get you and you're all alone in it. And I was. I mean, watching it this time, again, because of the, the big screen, I was able to see things I'd not seen before. And one of the things that I'd not seen before is just all of the the movement and motion at the beginning of the movie where nobody's woken up yet. They're all in cryosleep and they're all or in stasis or whatever you want to call it. And they're all getting ready to wake up. The ship is about to wake them up, but there's there's movement in this ship and, and there's things... Uh, beginning moved by the wind and I noticed some of it uh, you know because some of it was just the ship is coming to life but some of it was just stuff that was just there that was left behind by them as humans you know uh, as we do and they were just continuing to um, you know float freely or move freely because the wind was was blowing against them and you have these two birds you know those birds that they bounce back and forth and it's like a, a stick with a bird head on one end and and uh tail on the other end and and the legs act as a fulcrum and the head bounces over into a cup and, and touches some water and then goes back and it just kind of you know moves back and forth like a seesaw i never noticed before there's two of them and one of them's not moving and it just i don't know it just struck me that that image just struck me of of the one that was just stationary and, and the other one that is alive and of course at the end of this movie there's only one person who's still alive and it's uh, it's Ripley, of course. It's it's Sigourney. Uh, we used to uh, call her Sigourney uh, when I was in high school 
uh, because she would make it into our Star Trek fan fiction, and, um, and we called her Saguni in, in our Star Trek fan fiction, and I, I really couldn't tell you why, how it started, or what, but, um, yeah, I, the other thing I found really interesting to me, anyway, was just some of the similarities between this and Star Trek The Motion Picture. I mean, they both have beautiful, beautiful uh, soundtracks by Jerry Goldsmith. Just gorgeous. I mean, the, I use Jerry Goldsmith's uh, soundtracks to write to more than any other uh, composer out there. I mean, I, uh, a long time ago, John Williams would have been the, the one, you know, because I used to write uh, Armor Quest. A lot of Armor Quest was written to uh, John Williams' soundtracks. But, uh, but um, sorry, that was a rough road there. Uh, nowadays, it is uh, Jerry Goldsmith, and it's it's his uh, work on motion picture. It's his his uh, Alien soundtrack. It's uh, his um, oh Outland soundtrack, and uh, Logan's Run. And I just love his his music. And so you, they both have that in common. They both have the model work in common. They both have the um, just working really hard in space to have things get lit naturally, not just uh, because, hey, here's a great big bright spaceship flying through the air, but uh, to have natural lighting and, and uh, the ships are lit up by the nearby star or whatever. And that's what made it hard for me to watch uh, or to see rather uh, on TV was because it was so dark. This is a very dark movie because, you know, it's that whole idea of in space, no one can hear you scream. And, you know, they, they were going for that realism of, of you know, the space lighting. Uh, now, they say in space, no one can hear you scream. Uh, but there are sounds in space in this movie still. So uh, they, they go ahead and they, they have some sound in space. Uh, it's not quite as uh, super realistic as, say, 2001, A Space Odyssey. But the uh, just watching it here and, and seeing these little things I never noticed before. Uh, the, one, the other little thing I never noticed before was that Ash, when they wake up, I mean, he's, he's the, uh, or spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, but he's the android. And he's breathing. You can see his chest moving up and down. It's one of the few things moving on the screen at that point in time uh, when they're waking up from their stasis. So I, I just, anyway... Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it did strike me a little bit just about that, uh, that nihilism and that hopelessness and that, you know, victory, that victory in the face of defeat that comes in the face of victory that comes in the face of defeat. I mean, they're, they're, they're all, uh, they're all cannon fodder or alien fodder and, uh, you know, they've been betrayed and they're, they're all going to die because of it. And, you know, in spite of their best efforts, uh, they're going to die. But uh, the other uh, thing uh, I guess would go along with the motion picture is that they're both about exploration and uh, they're both about coming face to face with something so much bigger than you. And in this case, it wants to kill you. And in the other case, it wanted to kill them, but only because it was seeking its creator and in some ways you have one looking forward to what what can mankind be and and you know this this perfect uh mind uh which is the entity of viger and then in, in alien you have uh kind of looking backward you know where it's it's this perfect specimen uh for survival and you know survival of the fittest meets its ultimate end here in this creature where it it uh, can adapt to any atmosphere and has 
acid for blood and, and it's dangerous and it's you know survival of the fittest uh, you know Ripley survives but only barely and, and that's just because she knew something about the spaceship that the alien didn't know and it's uh, you know but again both these movies are about exploration of the unknown and I, I have to say uh, watching this movie in its pure form here where it just exists as a single movie and not part of a franchise I think it's just so much purer and, and so much better uh, because there's so many things in this movie that, it, that they are exploring and looking at and it doesn't make sense you know the pilot uh, you know I called it the engineer earlier uh, but it really was just the space pilot thing that they didn't really know what it was I don't even think that the people who made the movie really knew what it was, but it was growing out of the chair and has these bones that are, you know, uh, that don't make ex- real physical sense. And it has like these other mummified parts that are mummified around the bones. It's just how does this creature work as a creature? And it doesn't. And and that's one of the things where you can really, you don't need to over-explain and you don't need to explain even. You, you can let things just be, you know, in this case, because it's not meant to make sense. It's, it's meant to be completely alien and foreign. And, you know, you have these kind of four or I guess five different uh, species of, of creature represented in this movie uh, with uh, that pilot and with the xenomorph uh, and with humans and androids and then the cat. And, you know, the cat, I guess, could also be considered the ultimate survivor in... <laughs> because it, uh, you know, like any cat, just lets everyone else take care of it, you know? And, and so it gets, it escapes because Ripley can't help herself, but take the cat with her and it's, uh, the ultimate survivor. And so, and so maybe there is a a case to be made for that, that species as well to be, uh, uh, candidate for, for survival of the fittest. But, I mean, this movie is, it really is about that. So many horror movies are, you know, where you're just trying to survive in the face of this uh, horrible horror, but then um, it's, you know, the the victory is is short-lived because uh, ultimately this is all about, like, everyone's going to (laughs) die. It's going to happen to everyone. Um, And there's no hope, you know, there's there's no hope that we have as as believers where we we can say, okay, you know... uh, there's, yeah, we're, we're all going to die. Um, and we're all going to, to face that moment. That's some, that's a shared thing that humanity has. Um, but at the same time we have uh, hope beyond the veil and, uh, but yeah, as I was saying, this, this movie just, uh, I think it just, as it exists in its pure form here, uh, it's one of the close to perfect movies. It's not a perfect movie. There, there are things that are wrong with it as far as, um, the, like I said, the editing and things, some things like that, but it's very, very, very close. And I just, I, I, uh, the messaging of the movie, not the greatest, you know, but the, the craft behind this movie is just, um, amazing and, and just, just brilliant, just utterly brilliant. So I, as I was watching, I was asking myself, you know, as a believer and, uh, and this maybe is maybe more the spiritual application than anything else, uh, is just as a believer watching something like this, that does not align with my philosophy, that does not align with the truth of hope, with the truth of, of God's love. Uh, what, what, what do I get out of that? And, and should I be celebrating something that does not do this? And I, I think 
um, the celebration does not come in the philosophical um, issues that I might have with it, uh, but it does come in, in, the, in the craft and the, the creation that goes into it. There is also an, another uh, kind of message that I've talked about before, uh, just about how, how sin works and, and how, um, it, you know, you have uh, the, this thing that, you know, when you first see it, I, I need to stay away from it. And, uh, but then sin allows, you know, sin pushes itself into your life. And then, um, you know, and then it seems like everything's okay. You know, everything's okay. It's not really as bad as, as it seemed to be at first and, and it's okay it's okay uh but eventually it blows up in your face or out of your chest or, or whatever it might be so um but that's the weak connection um <laughs> anyway uh yeah so that's alien 1979 40 years ago i was a five years old and i did not see this movie in the theater and i am glad to have seen it in the theater now so that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that uh, you have opportunity to, to be able to experience art uh, in the way that it's meant to be experienced like this, especially, you know, the cinema arts, uh, cinematic arts. Uh, I'm just so glad that the, I've had the opportunity to see these two movies that, to me, are our beloved, and I've, I've had the opportunity to see them as they are meant to be seen. You know, it's like seeing um, the Mona Lisa uh, in person, although I hear that the Mona Lisa in person is pretty unimpressive. It's a lot smaller than people think it is. Um, and I think part of that comes from pulp culture where we get to see, you know, people stealing the Mona Lisa in cartoons and it's a pretty big picture, but I haven't seen it in person. So I don't know. That's just what I've heard. Uh, but I have now seen the, the big, big screen Star Trek motion picture, the big screen alien. The other big one I was hoping that they would do a 40th anniversary release for is the black hole. Uh, which I would, I would pay to see that, uh, again, not a perfect movie, but another beautiful, uh, sci-fi cinema experience from that kind of heyday of sci-fi right after Star Wars, where the model work and the special effects really started to, to come to their own. Uh, I will say the special effects as far as like, um, you know, explosions and stuff that were done in camera or in post-production, not, not the greatest. Um, and the suit work. Uh, not as good on the big screen that is on the small screen, but that's because this is one suit that um, does not move the way it looks like it should move and does not move the way that you would expect it to move based on watching other uh, the other movies in the franchise. So I'm home. I've already turned the car off. I'm about ready to go inside. And so I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at strangeandalien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening.
Hey friend, it's time for another road trip. Are you ready? This episode, road trip to go see Alien. Little loud radio thing going on there. This episode, road trip to go see Alien.